Thank you for tuning into the Pictures of Lily podcast. I'm your host, Lily Moyeri. I've been a music journalist since 1992, and I interview a lot of music-related people. This podcast is about my experience behind the story, my experience doing the interviews, just to give you a snapshot of what it's like on the other side of the digital recorder. Pictures of Lily. In this episode, I will be telling you about my 25-plus years experience with the Chemical Brothers. The guys were nominated for three Grammys this year. Best Dance Recording for Got to Keep On, which they won. Best Dance Electronic Album for No Geography, which they won. That's their fifth and sixth Grammy collectively up until this point in their career. They were also nominated for Best Music Video for We've Got to Try, which they didn't win. Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus won that for Old Town Road. But it's still great that they got nominated because it's a non-electronic music category. And it's great that they get recognition for their visuals, which is one of the strongest components of their entire package. Back with another one of those block rocking beats. Here are a few snapshots of my experiences with the Chemical Brothers. I met them in 1994, but I was introduced to their music before that through a DJ out here in Los Angeles. It wasn't their first single, which was Song to the Siren. It was their first EP, 14th Century Sky, which came out in 1994, the same year that we met. I was in England that year, and my friends took me to this Sunday night club that the guys used to do in the basement of a pub called the Albany. They called the night Heavenly Sunday Social, and back then they were called the Dust Brothers. This was a homage to the Dust Brothers out here, the producers out here who produced Paul's Boutique for the Beastie Boys. This club night that they did, I, I, it's not a club night. It was just a party in a basement. It started at 6 p.m. It went until 11 o'clock midnight. They always had a guest, but they played the majority of the night themselves. And this place was tiny. They played everything from Beastie Boys to Masters at Work to Oasis, and they just made it work. It wasn't about the mixing and making that stuff work together on a beat matching way. It was just about the vibes. It was amazing. I was only supposed to be in England for two weeks, and I kept on extending my trip because I wanted more and more experiences at that Sunday night thing. And that was when I connected with their manager and set up the interview to do a story for them for Herb Magazine out here. And that was their first ever feature in North America. A few months after that, they came out to the U.S. with a live show. That was the building blocks to the live show they have now. If you've seen a Chemical Brothers show, you know it's all about the visuals. They are different than any other visuals for any other electronic or non-electronic act out there. 
Visuals are a big part of electronic music because there's basically nothing else to look at. Usually what you see is a lot of projections, some laser stuff, but it's just a lot of flashing things. With the Chemical Brothers, it's more based on video, and their more recent show has more and more 3D elements in it where it feels like the people in the video are jumping over your head or the balls in the video are actually bouncing around you. The same guys that did the visuals they had back then are the guys that do it now. At least one of them is. Back then they were called Vegetable Vision and it was two guys, Adam Smith and Noah. I can't remember his last name. Actually, I don't even know if I ever knew his last name. Now it's the same guy, Adam Smith, but with a different partner, Marcus Lyle, who's been with them for quite a number of years now. So I've been wanting to do a story on the visual guys, Adam and Marcus, for a long time, for probably as long as I've known them, which is as long as I've known the Chemical Brothers, which is 25 years. Finally got to do a story on them last year, right ahead of the Chemical Brothers' few dates that they did in North America. Adam is actually a very accomplished film producer and director, and Marcus is an established light installation artist, so doing visuals for the Chemical Brothers is actually their side gig. The story I did on Adam and Marcus was published in the LA Weekly Best of LA Music Issue, which came out May of 2019. I'm going to paraphrase some bits from our interview here. Lyle explains, they provide the music, we respond with visuals, the audience responds to that, and the guys respond to the audience. It's about keeping that feedback loop going. The hub, which is what we call where they play, is being used as a focal point, says Smith. We're lighting them up so they're not shadowy figures. There are so many beautiful moments of connection between them. We want to highlight those rather than them being silhouetted behind the synthesizers. It's important for the audience to connect with them as people. If you've been to a Chemical Brothers show, you know there's two 13-foot-high robots, like classic 50s-looking robots. Last time we saw them, which was at the O2 Arena in London, they had these things come down from the ceiling. They shoot lasers out of their eyes, they blow smoke out of their ears, and then they just end up collapsing on the ground in a giant heap. What Marcus and Adam were saying about the robots were, It's got to be iconic, states Lyle. The fine details of complicated ideas are great, but they don't work in live performance. You want simple. And Adam was saying that Tom Chemical always says, Can you describe it in one sentence? If it takes three or four sentences to describe, it's probably not a simple enough idea for us. And that's a few of my snapshots of my Chemical Brothers experiences. You can read the entirety of that story on Adam and Marcus at picturesoflily.com. That's pictures-of-lily.com or at laweekly.com where you can do just an easy search for the word Chemical Brothers and it should pop right up.
In the next episode, I will be giving you two snapshots of two people who share the same birthday and probably have nothing else in common. Tom Kiefer, who you may know as the lead singer and guitarist for Cinderella, the 80s heavy metal band, and Jennifer Lee, whom you may know as Toki Monster. Tom and Toki share the same birthday, January 26, but 26 years apart. I interviewed both of them last year and really liked both of them, and you'll be getting a snapshot of those experiences in the next episode. Once again, thank you for listening. Pictures of Lily.